that we used this morning. I fell in love with that. Come to Jesus. That's the invitation. Come to Jesus. Before we do, I'd like to remind all of you that the reception for the Royal Ranger service will be held in the foyer after the dismissal tonight. At 5.30 tomorrow morning, prayer for men and women. Great way to start the week. And so important to this church and to our families and homes and to our nation.
pray tonight that you would bring people to the foot of the cross where you'll pour out your grace and love and mercy upon them. Right here in this room tonight, may lives be changed in a remarkable way. Father, we pause to pray about what's going on in Vienna, about the talks and some kind of deal being made. We're not sure what the outcome would be, but we pray, Lord, that you'll disrupt anything that is not in your will. We pray that you will turn the tables on the enemy, that the Satan will not have his way in bringing more trouble to our world in which we live. In Jesus' name, amen. Please open your Bible to the Gospel of John, chapter 14. Tonight, I'm going to read a lot of scriptures, so I'll make a few comments along the way. God's Word speaks for itself. And what the Bible says about the rapture and about the coming of the Lord is most important. Three passages to begin with. First of all, John 14, you're so familiar with. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22 and 23. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. 1 Corinthians 15, down in verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. You may be seated. Millions of people will disappear off the face of the earth. Chaos will result for those who are left behind who do not go in the rapture. The dark shadows of the tribulation will cover the entire globe. A world leader will emerge. He may be alive this very hour. The new world order will begin and then it will fail. One world government will be the goal of the nations of the world who follow this new leader. Antichrist will surely come. The mark of the beast will be used to bring about control of the masses of people over the face of the earth. Graves will open. Believers will arise from the dead and go up to meet Jesus in the air. The living saints will be translated and meet with them together in the clouds 
to meet Jesus. Christian pilots will disappear from the cabin of the plane mid-flight. All kind of things will take place when the rapture happens. Martial law will be imposed by the new world order. Guns will be taken out of your homes and out of your lives. They will not put up with any opposition to the Gestapo-type tactics of the Antichrist forces. The SS troops, like enforced Hitler's regime, will enforce the mark of the beast. It's going to be a very chaotic time. Jesus said, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. I didn't make that promise. He did. I believe him. I know he's faithful. He's coming back, and he's going to take us to be with him. The Apostle Paul said, and we read it, as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. All saints shall be made alive. They shall be resurrected or translated. At his coming, it says. When? At his coming. Christians will come out of those graves. It will be at his coming. Paul further said in verse 51 52 of 1 Corinthians 15, we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And he said at the last trump, the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised and all will be changed. The last trump is the trump of God. It's not one of the trumpet angels in the book of Revelation, the seven trumpet angels. This is God's trumpet. And it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So it's a wonderful thing to dwell on as you think about the resurrection of the dead and the translation of the living saints, going up to meet Jesus in the clouds, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. This is God's word. My first point is rapture. What does it mean? What is it all about? The word rapture is not in your Bible. However, the event is in your Bible. So we call it the rapture, and so it's the resurrection and translation and being caught up to meet the Lord in the air. The word rapture is an old English word meaning to snatch away and to take out. It's the supernatural transporting of an individual from one place to another. Enoch was translated. He walked with God and was not, for God took him. He went to heaven without dying. Elijah was caught away in a chariot of fire and horses of fire, and he went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Two men who never died but went to heaven. They were caught up. They were raptured. There are two comings of Jesus. 
that we need to consider tonight. Number one, the rapture. Number two, the second advent. They're not one and the same. We sing about the second advent sometimes in terms that we almost think that's the rapture. So we need to be clear the difference between the rapture and the second advent. At the rapture, Jesus is not coming back to the earth. He's going to come in the clouds. We're going to be caught up to meet him out there. He will not come down all the way to the earth. We're going to meet him in the air, and the Bible says, so shall we ever be with the Lord. At the second advent, he's coming back to the earth. His feet will be planted on the Mount of Olives. It will cleave in two. He's coming back at that time for the battle of Armageddon to fight with the Antichrist, to defeat him and destroy the tribulation chaos and then to establish a thousand years of peace, the millennial reign of Christ on this earth, ruling and reigning without wars and without trouble. The rapture will protect saints from the tribulation. So I, you know, you can believe what you want to about that. I don't fault you because there's a lot of teaching and some people have not done a lot of studying, so they follow some teachers blindly. But here's what Jesus said. You can listen to Jesus, can't you? Luke chapter 21, verse 34. Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, so that that day come upon you unawares. In other words, we're going to live right up to the coming of the Lord for the rapture of the church. The next verse, 35, for as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Universal. Next verse, watch therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Jesus admonished us admonished us to watch and to wait for the coming of the Lord and to pray always that we would be accounted worthy to escape. How could you be worthy to escape the tribulation, escape the mark of the beast, escape the Antichrist? He said that day is going to be a, a day of attack, a day when Antichrist will come. The whole earth will be involved. Watch and pray that you be worthy to escape. The rapture is our escape route. We'll be off this face of this earth before the Antichrist takes over. As I said, he may be alive today. If Jesus is coming for the rapture right away, we know he's alive. We don't know who he is, and it would be foolish for us to conjecture and try to name the Antichrist. People have done that down through the decades and years gone by, and they were all wrong. All their Antichrists are dead. They have to find a new one. And so we're not trying to name the Antichrist tonight, but we do know when the rapture takes place, he will step forward as a world leader, and he'll have to be recognized as a leader and have influence to be able to do what he's got to do. The timeline for end-time events is interesting. From the beginning of the church age, on the day of Pentecost, we believe, and from Calvary until now, and then the rapture taking place, and then seven years of tribulation, and then the millennial reign of Christ following the battle of Armageddon to put the Antichrist out of business. And so it's very easy to follow that timeline. 
We know we're living in the church age. It's coming to a, a co conclusion at the glorious moment that Christ descends from heaven and calls his church up to meet him in the air. The second advent and Armageddon and the kingdom of God, the new world order, the religion, the currency, everything will change. There's a money crisis in our world today. They're already planning for and talking about a new world currency. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17 says, we shall be caught up. We're going to be caught up, either resurrected or translated, to meet him in the air. At the second advent, so we call the rapture his appearing in the sky and his coming back at the end of the tribulation, advent means his coming to the earth. The first advent was in Bethlehem as a baby. The second advent will be when he comes back with the armies of heaven following him to put down the Antichrist forever. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 4, when Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. When he, when he appears, this is not the second advent, this is the appearing. When he appears, we will appear with him in glory. Hebrews 9, 38. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. If you're looking for him, he's coming back for you. If you don't believe he's coming, you may be left behind. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. So the apostle Peter believed that when Jesus would come, we're going to go with him and receive a crown of glory. 1 John 2, 28. And now, little children, abide in him. When he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. When are we going to appear with him? At his coming. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. When he appears in the clouds, as I said, that's not the second advent, that's his appearing in the skies. I don't even believe the sinners will see Jesus at that time. I don't believe they'll witness the resurrection and the translation because they're not believers, and so he's coming back for those who believe in him. In First Thessalonians, Titus chapter 2 and verse 13, looking for, now Paul is writing to his friends, to believers, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The apostle Paul taught believers of his day to look for the coming of the Lord. That's because no man knows the day and the hour. Paul did not know the day and the hour. When Jesus was on the earth, he restrained himself from that supernatural knowledge. But he knows now. And one day he's going to say to the Father, it's time for me to go back. And he's going to, the Father will say, go and gather your people to yourself. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2 and 3 already read it once. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, 
we shall be like him. When he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. That's why I'm preaching this tonight. Because we have this hope that helps us to purify our life to please our Heavenly Father. It's a purifying hope to have. Friends, it's not a pie-in-the-sky dream that people imagine. This is something that's a purifying hope. We know that when he comes, we want to stand before him unashamed. We want him to approve of our life. It's our hope, beloved, our blessed hope. The rapture and the resurrection is a time of rewards, a time of receiving the benefit of our Christian walk. The marriage supper of the Lamb will take place in the heavens while the tribulation is going on on the face of the earth. And Jesus will crown those with many crowns and people will receive rewards. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 28, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. That's the second time I've read that tonight. 2 Timothy 4 and 8. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. That love his appearing. Not his advent, but his appearing when he appears in the sky. If you love that, you're in for a, a wonderful reward. James chapter 5, verse 7 and 8. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husband, husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until you receive the early and the latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts. For the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. It's much nearer than we ever believed. It draweth nigh. 1 John 2, 28, And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear we may have confidence, and not be ashamed before him at his coming. What a tragedy to stand before the judge of the universe and to say, I failed you, Father. I failed you, Jesus. And we'd be ashamed at his coming. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 19, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing are not even you in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? Paul said, my reward will be when you make it to heaven and I can greet you there. When he appears, when he comes back and gathers the church, the dead and the living saints, and gathers him, and I see you there in that great gathering in the sky, that'll be my reward. The apostle Paul loved people and loved souls. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. For the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why would he admonish people to be blameless unto the coming of the Lord if they were not going to live that long? Well, he didn't know when Jesus was coming. So in in the case that he would come in his lifetime, he said, I want you to be blameless. I want you to dress up, prepare for the coming of the Lord. It's going to be a great event. 
2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. So again, he admonishes his congregation in the light of the rapture. I beseech you in the light of the rapture. Get ready, get ready, get ready. The New Testament apostles believed in the imminent return. All of them did. And we believed that he could come soon, very soon. Again, I ask you, are you ready? Don't miss it. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7, so that you come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're admonished to do something tonight. Wait for the coming of the Lord. Wait for the rapture of the church. None of us want to die before our time. We want to live out our life and please the Lord because everything we do on this earth, God's going to keep a book, keep the books, and we're going to be rewarded according to our good works. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. The apostle Paul said, you and me, if we go to heaven by the rapture, we will not prevent those that are in the grave. They're coming out before we do. And so they'll be caught up and then we'll join them. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 14. That thou keep the commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be holy, be pure, until the rapture takes place. Be faithful to God. Don't backslide. Don't lose out with God. Don't quit praying. Don't quit re reading your Bible. Don't quit living holy lives. There's too much sin in the world today. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto him praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Jesus taught to watch and wait and to be ready. Here are his words in Matthew chapter 24, beginning with verse 42. Watch therefore, Jesus talking, watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. My third point is the second advent. I want to talk about this because this is a very important time in Bible prophecy. We're coming back with him. When he comes back for the Battle of Armageddon, we will be riding horses, making up the army, following him along with angels and the redeemed saints. Look at it. Every eye shall see him at that point in time. Every eye will not see him at the rapture, but every eye will see him at the second advent. Mark 13, verse 26. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. Power to defeat the Antichrist. Power to disrupt the tribulation. Power to cleanse that from the face of the earth. 
power to establish his kingdom on the face of this earth for a thousand years of peace. Luke 21, 27. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Matthew 26, 64. And Jesus saith unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless, I say unto you, Hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Again, this is the second advent. After the tribulation, seven years after the rapture, Mark chapter 14, verse 62. And Jesus said, I am, and ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. Can you say amen? Amen, amen to God. The triumphant Christ, he's coming back, not as a babe of Bethlehem, not a man on the cross. The scars will still be in his hands and his feet and his side, but he's coming back victorious, the triumphant Christ. Revelation 19 reveals it. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. Armageddon. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. No question who that is. The armies which were in heaven followed him. No question about that, because we're the redeemed saints. Followed upon white horses, clothed in linen, white and clean. That's the attire of the saints of God in heaven. Linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Can we have a little praise break right here? Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. There are many signs pointing to the end of the age and the nearness of the rapture and of his appearing. The second advent in the Bible, most of the signs that you read about in the four Gospels have to do with the second advent. Well, since that's seven years away, the rapture is even closer. So the wars and rumors of wars and pestilence and earthquakes and all kinds of things like that, they're signs of the second advent. However, they have to tell you something because if we're close to the second advent, we're seven years closer to the rapture. So what we see in our world today tells us it could be any moment. The disciples asked, what should be the sign of thy coming and the end of the age? And he told them these things. False Christ will appear, wars and rumors of wars, nation rising against nation, kingdom against kingdom, famines, pestilences, earthquakes. We have a currency crisis in our world today. That's something that must take place because there will be a new world order 
there will be new money, and the Antichrist will control the finances of the world, the religion of the world, and the politics of the world. The banks closed for two weeks in Greece. People able to go to an ATM and get 60 something dollars a day. How would you feel if you drove up to your bank this week and suddenly found that it's out of business, it's closed, no money available? We know that that possibility with our debt in America today, we're living as close to the risky lifestyle of Greece and other countries. What would you do if you missed the rapture? What should you do if you missed the rapture? I close with this. Don't take the mark of the beast. Do not take the mark of the beast. Secondly, repent and believe on Jesus Christ. If you don't make the rapture, your only hope is to become a believer. Your only hope is to get saved, get born again. Third, beware of the false prophets. They will be everywhere. They will be telling people wrong information. Store up goods so that you won't have to go to the stores often because if you don't have the mark of the beast, it would be very difficult to get your prescriptions, to get your grocers, to get gas, and all other commodities. Have some cash on hand. I don't want to tell you to squirrel away all your life savings. <laughs> I'm not here to be your financial advisor, but I know what Joseph did when there were seven years of plenty, and God told him to have the people to prepare for seven years of famine, and they stored up enough that took them through the famine. I don't know how long we'll ha the, the world will have to endure that kind of situation. I don't plan to be here. Amen. Anything I have in my pantry, you can have it after the rapture. <laughs> you can have my house. You can have my car. You can have it all because I won't need it where I'm going. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. 14th chapter of Revelation. He had power to give life unto the image of the beast. This is a false prophet that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. You know how they're going to kill in the tribulation? Cutting their heads off. That would be a, a popular way to assassinate people during the tribulation. And he caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in the right hand or in their forehead. And then verse 17, that no man might buy or sell, save that he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that understandeth count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is six hundred three score and six. Then in chapter 14, here's the curse on those who take the mark of the beast and worship the beast. The third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. 
and the smoke of their torment ascendeth forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. I close with that, and I close with this appeal to you. The rapture is coming soon. Don't miss it. Don't be left behind. Do what that course invited you to do just before we started preaching tonight. Come to Jesus. Give him your heart. If you're backslidden, repent. Rededicate your life. Surrender everything to Jesus. If you've never been saved, you must be born again. You must have Jesus in your heart. And so I invite you to let that happen before you leave. In a few minutes, we'll be dismissing this service and enjoying the time with the Royal Rangers. But first of all, this is business that is more important than anything in this world. That's your spiritual well-being. Will you stand, please? If you're not ready to meet God and you need prayer about your spiritual state, raise your hand anywhere in this building tonight. Just slip it up and down quickly. Anywhere in the building, slip your hand up. Yes, God bless you. How many more? Just slip it up and down. I want to pray for everybody here tonight. And then I want you to do something before you leave. We will not hold you long because the Royal Rangers deserve their celebration. But Father, in Jesus' name, we come to the very close of this message with an appeal to the people to come to Jesus, to come to Jesus. Jesus, you're waiting for them with open arms. You'll embrace them. You'll welcome them into the family of God. They can be saved. Forgive their sins. Blot out their transgressions. Let them be born again with their name written in the Lamb's book of life. We commit it all to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to invite people just to come and pray here before we dismiss tonight. Come on, join us down here. We want to be ready when the Lord comes. We want our family to be ready. We don't want anybody to be left behind. Be sad if members of our household didn't make the rapture. So come and pray for your family. Come and pray for our nation. Come and pray about your own needs, your situation tonight. Praise God. everyone cry out to God for our loved ones. Father, we pray for our whole family. Lord, those who are close, those who are distant, we pray for them. If some are not right with God, bring them in before it's too late. Lord, we pray for people in this church. If anybody's backslidden or away from God, bring them in, Lord. Bring them into the fold. I pray that they'll come to Christ. And I pray that they'll leave out of this place a new creature in Christ Jesus ready to meet the Lord whenever you appear in the sky. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I want you to pour your heart out to God. Pastor Gary's coming.